0: threat to president trump uh andy uh thanks for making time for us on a very busy day what makes georgia more perilous than even jack smith uh and his indictment regarding uh the election uh battle to uh overturn the election
1: well michael i still think that um jack smith's Mar-a-Lago indictment is the most serious one that Trump faces because I think it's the one he's most likely to be convicted in, and um, it's got very serious penalties. But the reason I, I underscore the perilousness of the state prosecution here is it's, not, it's kind of immune from Trump's strategy of delay that he is employing in connection with the federal indictments. What Trump hopes on the federal side is to get the cases pushed uh, beyond Election Day in the hope that if the Republicans, especially Donald Trump himself, win the election, uh, the Justice Department would simply drop the cases or they could be pardoned. The state prosecution is not subject to pardon. Uh, The president has no power to pardon state offenses. So if he gets convicted in the state, uh, that's going to stick. And the other thing I would point out is I've been critical of Jack Smith's election interference indictment because I think he's dealing with federal laws that are not designed directly uh, to address election integrity. Whereas in our system, state uh, prosecutors and the states themselves are principally responsible for conducting and policing elections. So I think. Um, Fannie Willis has an array of actual election integrity laws at the state level that are a better match for some of the behavior that went on here than what Smith is dealing with. So I think there's a chance he could get convicted here. And if he does, uh, that can't be pardoned.
0: I think a lot of people are surprised to see forgery and conspiracy to commit forgery included uh, in in these indictments uh, and it's not just against Trump he's uh, there are a total of 19 people who are indicted here and many of those people have been indicted for forgery it's it's based upon the idea that they try to put themselves f- forward as a duly elected electors uh, and uh, is is that the the basis for the forgery contents of this and these indictments
1: yeah, that's right, and I think you know this. This points to one of the uh, interesting things I, I detect out of Willis's indictment, which is that um, as we get down from her big overarching charge, which is racketeering, which I think is a is a mismatch for what went on here, as you get to the to seemingly less serious stuff uh, like forgery like, for example, uh, invading the uh, – or hacking into the, uh, into the voting systems themselves, the, the election uh, machinery. Um, those charges could be more perilous for people because they actually are these election integrity-type laws that, that I'm referring to. Um, they won't get as much attention as the RICO invocation does – uh, but they they are a better fit for what happened. Her difficulty, I think, with those cases, with those charges, are that it's going to be difficult to tie the most notorious defendants to those particular teams. Um But if you, again, if you can get one or two of them, um, you know Trump. Trump, I think, is charged in a dozen counts. So. You know, even one or two would be a catastrophe for him.
0: Now, the the way that this will go, I understand, and you make the point in your outstanding column, which we've posted on our website at michaelmedved.com, a column about why this is a perilous prosecution for uh, President Trump. uh, You make the point that it's very likely under Georgia law that these proceedings, beginning with his formal acceptance of his arraignment is uh of his indictments it'll all be televised and how does how does that work and are they likely to have all 19 people in court facing charges at the same time
1: well it's very hard to do but it's not impossible i happen to have been in what i think is still the longest uh Federal Criminal Trial in American History, the 17-month Pizza Connection case, um, a, a, uh, an international mafia racketeering thing in the 1980s, which took 17 months. And we started with 22 defendants, ended with 19. Um, so you can do it, but, you know, number one, just like the sheer physical burden of doing it in a courtroom is tough. They'll have to make some adjustments. It's very hard for, I understand the judge that they have drawn in this case is fairly inexperienced. You would really, I mean, maybe he'll be great, um, but you'd really want to have, like we had Michael Mukasey, later Attorney General Michael Mukasey, who, you know, if you were in front of him, you knew you were in federal court and he ran a tight ship. If you don't have a judge like that, it could get very unwieldy very fast. But I think, Michael, the biggest thing is, those take, the cases take a long time to get them to trial, and I say that with you know having having prosecuted cases with over a dozen defendants a few times, where they were just like bad guys, you know, normal crooks, whereas the guy the people who've been indicted here, a number of them are lawyers, um, and they're going to have good lawyers, and they're going to file extensive, extensive free trial motions. The thought that Fannie Willis to have that she can get this case to trial in six months i think she's dreaming
0: okay and, and in terms of getting this uh case to to trial and uh, uh having a large televised case let's say that president trump proceeds with this press conference that he has promised for monday it's supposed to have all of the first of all Why would you think if he does have conclusive proof that there was, in fact, uh, electoral fraud involved in the state of Georgia? Why did they wait three and a half years to bring it out? And secondly, okay, if if he does produce this startling evidence, not in a courtroom, but in a press conference from Bedminster, New Jersey, uh, what are the legal ramifications or the chances of some of these charges being withdrawn well to begin with I'm glad he's having the
1: conference in Bedminster I, I don't think it would be a good idea to go back to the four seasons landscaping um, <laughs> <laughs> I would have been against that
0: um, I you know who knows why his idea of um, you know being imputed to President Trump uh, Do you think that that President Trump is making a good strategic decision? By trying to relitigate and that appears to be his strategy both in the Jack Smith Election interference case and in this case in Georgia to relitigate the question about whether the election was legitimate in other words if he um, can prove in court somehow that the election was rigged that it was stolen he is uh, of the opinion that's a get out of jail free card is that a a smart uh policy strategy to be following
1: i guess michael it depends on what he wants to accomplish i i think um if he wants to get elected which i really don't think he has a chance to do. I think he has a very good chance of winning the nomination prohibitive favorite right now. But he wants to get elected. The country is really turned off by the relitigation of 2020. So what helps him, what would help him in the courtroom if he had convincing evidence would not necessarily help him on the campaign trail, because I think the, the public by and large, as opposed to the Trump part of the Republican base, has had it with 2020 and wants to move on to the very serious Uh, challenges that we have that face the country in the here and now, and the 2020 thing seems to be a hobby horse for Trump, but I don't know who else is particularly interested in it. As far as a legal strategy is concerned, I do think, you know, reading the indictment, it's interesting um, that it's kind of a snapshot of what the stolen election storyline was circa November 2022. Or 2020 through, uh, you know, January 2023, because it has evolved since then. But, it ha- you know, you don't you don't see the evolution you see in the indictment what it was back when, which was a preposterous claim that, you know, there was uh, a fraud that had been thrown out by that point by, you know, 50 different uh, courts to the point where, you know, the Trump people wouldn't even go forward on their fraud allegations because they didn't have evidence. In the three years since, you know, it's now it, we hear a lot, for example, about the 51 intelligence agents who um, uh, buried the the Biden corruption story and the uh, FBI manipulation of the social media companies so that they suppress the story and that kind of thing. So I think the idea of the rigged election has refined over time. I, it's, I don't find it particularly convincing, but I do think it's it's. Different now than what's laid out in Fannie Willis's indictment. I don't know that that means he'd get much traction of it, it, it with it in a, in a courtroom. But I, I do not think it helps him with the election.
0: What about the uh, the charges of criminal violations involving uh, bribery and FARA violations and uh, uh, tax evasion, all kinds of uh, bad shenanigans concerning President Biden. Do you uh, do you believe that this is going to gain traction as we move forward to a Trump versus Biden campaign? I
1: think that, Michael, if the political process does not address it, it won't be addressed. Because one of the most uh, appalling things that's been done by the sham special counsel, uh, David Weiss, is that he never filed an indictment in the Hunter Biden case, which means most of the Uh, most egregious behavior that we've heard about, particularly in the congressional reports that we've seen in the last few weeks is now time barred in terms of prosecution. I I point out, for example, you know, the infamous WhatsApp message where Hunter is saying, I'm sitting here with my father and, you know, you better, uh, you know, do as I instructed. It's a a very extortionate conversation, which was then followed within eight days by like a $5 million payment to the Bidens. Um, That conduct happened the, the, the message was on July 30th of 2017, and the, the money was eight days later. All of that is time-barred now under the statute of limitations. You couldn't prosecute it if you wanted to. So I think if Congress doesn't you know continue to investigate that and unearth the uh, information and introduce it into the political dialogue, it's not going to go anywhere as a legal case at this point.
0: Do you know anything about because there has been conversation in conservative media about new exposure of Hillary Clinton stealing money and a claim that Hillary Clinton had stolen and it's now be beyond any shadow of a doubt a uh, thirty-seven million dollars. Do you are you on top of this? Uh, that I missed that one. Um, so I'll resist. <laughs> I'll resist giving an opinion about whether I think she would do it if she could. I'll I'll, <laughs> I'll wait to see what. She... <laughs> yeah. Uh, again, with with all of this going on, uh, there's one thing that uh, this previous column that I mentioned about who's going to go to jail first, Biden or Trump. The suggestion by the author is that for the sake of the country and for the sake of both political parties that both of these guys step aside with uh, an agreement that the Republican nominee and the Democratic nominee, whoever it ends up being, uh, would guarantee that they would uh, both be pardoned after the election. Uh, your thoughts? Your looks to God's ears. <laughs> <laughs> it, it would be, I mean, Again, rather than having this uh, lock her up, lock him up, lock them up, lock them all up, uh, it it would...